Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Hello, chickens. This episode is brought to you by Matt, who uh, has sent me uh, dollies, like actual dollies in the post. P.O. Box 850, Strawberry Hills. Bless you. You can also use the support feature here on Acast. chickens it's hard to wake up when you're drinking dollies instead of coffee but uh i'm watching the 10th planet uh it is the final story of the uh, william hartnell era but it's only early in season four which is you know back in the old days they made like 50 weeks a year so seasons were long um we start off with a rocket ship uh, and then there's a computer um there's no there's a keyboard for the computer and there's just lights uh and then we then the opening credits happen so it's like we get the doctor who bit and then this weird typing and then you get me and it says the 10th planet episode 1 um so uh they're in some base uh they're taking control of Zeus 4 they're taking over from Geneva um, and then the spaceship people are like, yeah, come on up and join us. And the guy in charge of the base is like, whoa, the penguins might miss me. Uh, <laughs> and then some beardy man takes over. He's got very gorgeous glasses. And they're talking about there's a blizzard. Um, up on the spaceship, there's an Australian astronaut and a black astronaut. I know. Two completely implausible things back in the 60s. <laughs> Um, the, the Aussies yelling out numbers because uh, that's what you do in space. Um, and then we get uh, lots of stock shots of snow, uh, mountains, snow, 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 snow. And then we get some lady pinups on the wall. Um, oh, this episode's already a little bit problematic. Um, and there's a, a soldier singing opera, so he must be Italian. And he's reading uh, Sergeant Fury in his Howling Commandos comic, like Nick Fury, the. You know, Samuel L. Jackson character. Um, <laughs> that's his old comic from the old days. He wasn't black then. He became black later on. Uh, so uh, there's other soldiers. They're looking at the snow through a periscope. Like, you know, why? <laughs> like, 
fucking snow. What are they going to see? Um, and then they, it looks like a set. Like, it's not stock shots anymore. And the TARDIS arrives. Although it doesn't make the TARDIS sound. It's just wind noises. Um, and there's a lot of snow. And the, so inside the TARDIS, the Doctor's like, oh, there's an Arctic storm blowing out there. I hate to break it to you, Doctor, but it couldn't possibly be in the Arctic because we've already heard that there's penguins. So it must be an Antarctic storm. No penguins in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, oh, they can get as far north as Madagascar, I think. But, yeah, not very. Uh, so Polly's getting into a fluffy coat, which she loves. She's like, oh, Doctor, you've been shopping at Carnaby Street. And Ben's like, you look like Nanook of the North. So the Doctor says, stop being so flippant. You don't know what's out there. Oh, God. Those grumpy William Hartnell Doctor. Sometimes he gets very, very... He doesn't like people having fun. Unless he's having fun. And then uh, he likes everyone else to be angry. It's a, it's a weird situation. Uh, so the doc- Polly's like, oh, Doctor, you're going to be warm enough? He goes, oh, like toast. Uh, so they run outside. And Polly's looking at aerials, and then they find the periscope, and she's <laughs> she asks Ben if there's a submarine down there in the snow. Okay, uh, and so down in the in the base, um, the soldiers see people. Uh, the Americans like there's a woman, and the Italian soldiers like what? There's a woman? Uh, I love stereotypical Italians. <laughs> Sing opera, get excited about ladies. Um, so they all go up to the surface with guns and uh, escort, escort the Doctor, Polly and Ben back down. Uh, the snow is really annoying, by the way. Like, it's really loud and it's blowing so much you can't actually see anything. Like, what, they must have been having a ball on the set that day, blowing snow everywhere. Um, so uh, <laughs> the, they're at the South Pole base of International Space Command, which would explain the ISC badges on all the soldier people and why they're from different countries. Uh, the American soldier is uh, yelling at them. Uh, he's like telling the Italian guy to get the CEO. He's like, get the commanding officer, get the CEO. And he's yelling so much that I don't know if this is a scripted line. <laughs> the doctor goes, why don't you speak up? I'm deaf. <laughs> An old bitch. Um, the Italian guy is called Tito, uh, like from the Jackson Five. Tito, get me some tissues. Uh, so Tito calls uh, to give a message to the general, um, the CO, and his name is General Cutler. And he's like, "What do you mean the general's not there?" Uh, and then he turns up behind him and goes, "Cause I'm right here, Private." Uh, I love the general. He's so he's such a gruff, crazy American general. I'm the general. Uh, so he's like, "Who are these people? They appeared from a hut." Um, so Cutler examines them, uh, and, you know, when he asks, because he's a, a, a general, Ben immediately fires out, Abel Seaman Ben Jackson, Royal Navy. Uh, <laughs> was he from the Royal Navy? I can't remember. Anyway, he's a, he's a seaman. Um, so the doctor assures them that they, they don't mean any harm, uh, and, and he doesn't like the general's tone. Uh, the general doesn't like the doctor's face or hair. Uh, <laughs> I don't like your face or hair. Uh, and he says, I'll deal with you when I got time. And the Italian's like, Avanti, Avanti. I'm like, oh my God. It's so ter- stereotypical Italian. He's doing my Italian uh, exercise book from <laughs> year seven. We had this terrible Italian lesson. They were called Avanti. Uh, <laughs> which apparently means let's go. Um, you know how the French lessons are called Alonzi because that means let's go yeah uh, that's all you ever learn to say in another language is let's go uh, avanti avanti uh, so as uh, the three of them come into the 
control room with the soldiers, everyone turns around because there's a woman! Um, <laughs> poor Polly, gawked. Gawked to death. Uh, so the general yells at everyone to get back to work because they're gawking. Uh, and Polly says, oh, it looks like that rocket place in America. Um, the American soldier, who is, I think, a sergeant, can't shut up, uh, and talks really loud, says, the general doesn't like too many people, personnel. <laughs> And Polly says, oh, we might be able to get a lift back to England until the doctor points out on a calendar, it's 1986. And then Polly's like, has anyone been to the moon? They're like, oh, yeah, heaps. (laughs) Someone went last month. Um, So this is just some sort of testing mission. Uh, Meanwhile, on the rocket, there's an emergency and the rocket's out of place by 100 miles. And they're still doing imperial measurements, obviously, uh, because it's 1986 uh, and the Brits never changed over. Um... I think they have recently, uh, but it's certainly not in 1986, because uh, I went there in the early 90s, and it was still miles. Uh, so the, they say, you know, we've got to check on Mars to get a visual position of where you, where we are in space. Uh, and they go, Mars is at 4.32, not 4.20, and the, the Aussie can't see Mars. He says, there's something out there. There's another planet. And the other captains goes, it's in orbit between Mars and Venus. And the Aussie goes, oh, it's looking familiar. And down on the South Pole, they're having trouble hearing them. Uh, they're like, planets don't just appear. It's moving quite fast. It's ex- it's affecting the Zeus IV rocket. And there's something with their signal strength being not strong enough. And they do like a little manoeuvre up there. And they get a little bit sick. And they're tumbling around. So the computer sends them new coordinates from the South Pole. Uh, and... Uh, the 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 Aussie is like oh god I'm so tired it's sapping all my energy and the beardy man's like oh you must have space fatigue he goes no no it's different we had to operate the manual controls together uh, and their names now are Glyn and Bluey I'm glad they've finally got names this episode um <laughs> so then they they have to do some checks the spaceship's going wrong uh the other planet's gravity is affecting the capsule uh and then the doctor says he may know what the other planet is and he gives them a he's given a piece of paper to the beardy guy uh and he's like look at the land masses does it remind you of anything ben and polly are like oh that looks like malaysia and ben's like that's south america and uh the guy looks at the piece of paper that he was given earlier and he goes oh my god the, the doctor knew exactly what this was. Oh, he says on the piece of paper. And the doctor's like, oh, Earth is about to have visitors. Uh, he goes, the Earth had a twin planet millions of years ago when it left. And the general's like, nah, 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 nah. And Ben's like, you know, visitors? Like, is Father Christmas coming on his sledge? Uh, <laughs> um, Cutler calls Geneva. And the general secretary of International Space Command wants data immediately on this new planet. Um, and the, uh, Cutler wants to know what the doctor knows and the doctor's like well that's difficult and he goes well you're in the hot seat and the doctor goes hot seat as if it's the most horrific saying he's ever heard um and the doctor looks like he knows what's going on while cutler's raging in the background meanwhile the soldiers are going up onto the surface into the snow to break into the tardis and we see a spaceship landing near the tardis and uh, while the the yelling sergeant sends everyone back down, he goes like, "I need more equipment." Uh, and then we see Cybermen coming towards him in the snow, and he shoots at them. Uh, next thing, the other soldiers come up to help old mate open the TARDIS, and they see a Cyberman dressed as the yelling sergeant, 
and he turns around, takes his jacket off, and then attacks the soldiers. Then we get a close-up of the Cyberman face, and that's the end credits. <gasps> and in the end credits, we find out that the sergeant is just called American Sergeant. He didn't even have a name, and now he's dead. Oh, the indignity. Oh. All right, next time, episode two, Cyberman. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.